0: Look at me right now, money I want to undo that bow and get to know you. Yes! For an out-of-work actor who wants to be close to his kids... Could you make me a woman? so happy. This isn't just a job. It's the role of a lifetime. hot ah! Robin Williams. My first year's a woman. I'm getting hot flashes. Mrs. Doubtfire. Back off! Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 24th at theaters everywhere. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi, Tyler.
1: Hi, today I'd like to go by Mrs. Winterbottom.
0: (laughs) All right, Mrs. Winterbottom.
1: You could just call me Tyler, that's fine, I guess.
0: Fantastic. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Hi. So, today we're talking (laughs) about a favorite of ours growing up. And we've been hesitant to go back and rewatch Mrs. Doubtfire for a couple of reasons um, that we'll get into. Before why? We, huh?
1: Why? What's wrong with
0: it? Oh, you want to just talk about it now? No. I mean, one of the reasons <laughs> that we were hesitant to go back to Mrs. Doubtfire is just because with the passing of Robin Williams, um, it's tough to go back and watch his movies because you have to be in a place to do it. We did watch Aladdin and Jumanji. And Jumanji, we did do Jumanji. For some reason, though, like Mrs. Doubtfire, for me is one of the like, the heavies of of Robin Williams' effect on my childhood.
1: I thought you were gonna say it was hashtag problematic.
0: I think we were. I was. I was personally worried about that. But that wouldn't be. A reason are
1: you trying to, try to cancel back. Mrs. Doubtfire?
0: No. Are you trying to cancel Mrs. Doubtfire? We
1: got a cancel culture going everywhere.
0: Oh brother. Okay. okay. <laughs> so before we talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. Let's kick off our first segment of What You've Been Watching, where we talk about what we've been watching recently before we dive into the movie that we went back and watched from our childhood. So, Tyler, you and I have actually been getting through a couple movies this last week.
1: Yeah, we watched the marvel movie that they got out at disney uh plus shang chi and the legend of the ten rings yes we did so we watched that on the day mm-hmm. it came out on there because we did not go to the theater to see it mm-hmm. um yeah it is pretty good i would say
0: yeah my experience was so typically before i commit to watching a movie with you mm-hmm. you give me my choices i watch the trailers i get the vibe and then i pick one and the trailers for this one, for me, were, like, not that good. Yeah. And I was a little hesitant, especially years after this show ending. I just finished The Badlands a couple months ago. Into The Badlands. Into The Badlands, which had a lot of martial arts stuff and was, like, super cool. So I was like, God, this doesn't. This movie doesn't look like it's going to be much better than that show. So it's was kind of like, eh, my bar was kind of low. Then we watched there, it. There's
1: lots of martial arts movies. You're I preparing.
0: no, I totally know that, but I'm yeah. just saying in my recent experience.
1: Right, gotcha. Um
0: what the trailer may have shown that I don't remember was the use of Aquafina. And I feel like well, yeah. she made this movie uh accessible for me and Funny and much more interesting than it would have been without that character and without her casting in that role.
1: Yeah, it's, so she's sec, you know she's second build, um, but the, the the lead is a relative newcomer, and so Aquafina is actually you know maybe the the biggest name in the thing, and you know she kind of plays a. A character that's helpful in trying to like you know help you into the world because mm-hmm. she's like not in the world so you know yeah. she you know you experience a lot of these crazy things through her eyes and you get that reaction from her so yeah she's a good addition that helps to um to kind of power that through some of the because there's a lot of mythology in this particular marvel movie um yeah
0: and there's a lot of stuff that the character has done or will do where you're just like what the fuck and so her character can provide those like what the fuck commentaries yeah
1: i'd say um there's some pretty good martial arts scenes in this um there's that scene kind of on this bill on the side of a building that actually looks pretty impressive uh Mm -hmm. the bus thing's pretty fun um it has some pretty good i you know it's an origin story so that's easier you know The marvel's the marvel cinematic universe is having trouble because you're not they're not having trouble but there's just a lot of movies to kind of like it's have a connection right timeline. so this is more of an origin story and there's only like a few like connective pieces but i liked those connective pieces really well mm-hmm. um wong and uh another character that kind of comes back um from a movie and is I think it's been spoiled, but it's fine. I If you haven't seen it, it's kind of worth the surprise a little bit, because there's a very specific reason why he's back, and then he's back for a little bit longer than you would expect. So uh, I liked that aspect a lot. Um, I liked the... there's a It's a really strong like family core storyline. The villain is kind of tied to the family, and Tony Leung, I think, is that guy's name. He's a really well-known international actor. I might have said his name wrong. I'm spacing it. But... Um, He's really good, and there's this good dynamic there. I think he's kind of an interesting villain in that he um, has a lot of noble traits and has stretches where he's doing things out of, uh, you know, you know, positive things, good things, but, you know, steers astray. So I thought that was all really strong for this movie. Um, you know, the, you know it, it, I liked it better than Black Widow. I liked Black Widow up until a point. Um, this also has, like, a big loud... Finale. You kind of liked probably the finale more than I did. Yeah,
0: and I liked the finale of this one better than Black the finale of
1: Black Widow. Yeah, I mean it, it. It makes sense. It's different. I mean, it's not. It's not like the same kind of thing. It's just it's very. It goes from being a not so huge CGI movie to a pretty huge CGI movie. So, True. Yeah. um, you know that's not my favorite, but uh, you know it was good. It was a. I thought it was overall very solid. Solid entry into the the movies. I thought better than the Black Widow movie. Mostly because I think the Black Widow movie is actually pretty good until about the last half hour. And then it's like, but um, yeah, so it's good. We haven't watched Eternals. That's the one that's kind of apparently divisive. But see, that was made by Chloe Zhao, who I, that was my, she made my favorite movie last year, Nomadland. So, you know, I'd like to see that. But it sounds like it's a an odd uh, mix of her sensibility with the Marvel sensibility from what I've heard. But hey. we'll we'll broach that whenever we see it.
0: When's that
1: one? It's in theaters. We probably will. I would would give a good bet that it will arrive on Disney Plus by the end of the year. So before we have to like do any best ofs or anything, I'm sure we'll see it. So don't worry about that. Excellent. Uh, So that was Shang-Chi. What else did we watch?
0: We watched Red Notice.
1: Yeah, Red Notice with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. And it is like an art thieves movie the rock is this cop who's chasing ryan reynolds but then he gets framed excuse me my goodness um so then ryan reynolds and the rock have to team up to go against uh, gal gadot and um yeah uh, it's wildly entertaining i think for a while i was i was fine entertaining mm-hmm. enough for a while and then i feel like the last I don't know, hours, just, it goes really big. It turns into, like, more of an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah,
0: I didn't hate that.
1: I didn't like it, because it, they, it's a globetrotting movie where, in the first half, it seems like they're globetrotting, and then in the second half, it looks like they're all doing the work on really bad green screens.
0: Yeah, that was a little distracting.
1: And for a movie that is apparently very expensive and has these three stars, like, it needs to look better than that and it's I kind of embarrassing there's like a chase sequence in a tunnel that looks really bad feels like it's out of a wrong out of you know it's out of a whole different movie um it's not a very it's a pretty dumb movie honestly it, it, it is living on its cast and they're all three of them are charismatic enough that it it's watchable but yeah, i mean i'll watch
0: ryan reynolds hijinks in just about any movie and not expect it to be like a memorable movie but expect to be like entertained
1: through it i would say it's on the level of like the hitman's bodyguard movies only i I mean i probably like those a little bit more maybe because i do like sam jackson Jackson. yeah but they're not good movies either and i would listen this is not a a good movie it's not none of the logic there's
0: it's good
1: none of the logic makes any i mean just every decision you're just like well why and then you and then they kind of try to explain it afterwards and it's like but like why you know and it's just it's one of those things where it just keeps keeps adding on and adding on maybe shorter and cut out some of that bad cgi had been not see it's not even cgi it's just like they look like they're working like hey we're here and we're here but they're not there and it's just like why not what did you guys like did you have to film on a studio because of the because of covid when you're finishing it what happened here
0: yeah why didn't you hop on over to the mandalorian studio
1: or just yeah change it so you don't have to be in front of like an idyllic location like it doesn't matter like the one at the end like there's a scene at the end where they're in front of a famous landmark and it's like just shoot that in an alley somewhere and then do a a wide shot later of like the real place. Like don't put them in front of it. If you're not going to be there, it looks looks bad and Mm -hmm. it's just like, whatever. I mean, those are minor quibbles, but the movie itself is kind of silly. So that's on Netflix. Red notice. Yeah.
0: The next one we watched um, was home sweet home alone.
1: Yeah. Home sweet home alone. As uh, uh, maybe our one or two listeners know, we're big uh we've we have a lengthy episode on the original home alone we have a a similarly lengthy episode on home alone 2 lost in new york so we know we're a home alone family Mm -hmm. uh so we watched this new one on disney plus um the trailer for it is atrocious and so i have a feeling that a lot of people did not watch it um
0: (laughs) what's funny about this is we didn't watch the trailer first you made a couple negative comments and our 10 year old heard them and then when we were like we're gonna watch home sweet home alone she was like no way! That looks terrible. That's not going to be as good as the other one.
1: I like that she is like defensive of the first of the first one. Yeah, she's um, the
0: homelander OG all the way.
1: So yeah, I mean, this is a this is if this movie was a lot weirder than I thought it was going to be. In that it does That's this that, thing, mm-hmm. even in the first scene, it does this. You are introduced to not the kid, not his family, but the people who will be the bank robbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney. Funny people. I think they're trying really hard on this, and they do occasionally come across funny. But they are sympathetic. They are about to lose their home. They're, like, good people. They have their own kids. And that's interesting. And then we meet the kid, and the kid is kind of a little shithead.
0: Not totally, though.
1: He... They're going to, I like... I feel
0: like you were getting extra irritated by him, and he wasn't as bad as you were... As what, no, but, were okay.
1: Him. Listen... Number 1, he, it, he the right this first scene is like he's whining to his mom fine. That's told, just like Kevin, right? They they're rich and they stop at this house cuz he has to go peace with his mom. Is they st- it's Archie Yates from JoJo Rabbit, like the friend in JoJo Rabbit, the kid who's he's really funny in that movie. Mm-hmm. But um they stop at the open house where they're selling their house and like right away, he's rummaging through the house where he shouldn't be. He insults the Rob Delaney character, makes fun of him. And then, like, makes a comment about this doll, which is important because a doll is going to save their house, right? And then, like, asks for, you know... And then gets in, like, a little fight, a little tiff with Rob Delaney. And he's kind of being a turd about it.
0: He's being a little sassy, mouthy kind of kid.
1: And then what the movie ends up doing is that it it, it sets its entire premise on the fact that those burglars... Peop- Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper believe that he stole this doll when he was there. And the, sh- the movie makes it look like he does. Mm-hmm. So, the movie itself is also positing that he's a shitbag. Like, right off the bat. It wants you, even though you kind of, like, know, obviously, there's something, there's more to it, right? And he's supposed to be the hero. It sets it up as him being in the wrong, right? And then the other people are just, they don't want to rob his house. They just want to get the doll back, and they think the doll is there, and it doesn't matter. There's a lot of stuff going on. But, I mean, on paper, I don't hate the idea of following... The bag, the the burglars, yeah, and maybe the kid different. being kind of unlikable.
0: Yes, I appreciate that it wasn't a shot by shot repeat of Home Alone, but it
1: is still doing the beats, which is like
0: yes, but with a different perspective and not in the same way. So it's it's a, interesting enough that I wasn't like, why aren't we just watching Home Alone?
1: But what's weird is that it also it tries to it wants to be both, and that's the problem. It wants you to also be in the bag for this kid's fun and then be on his side when things go awry. But the problem know, is... I is I
0: don't know about
1: that. What? How do you... How do you set up a I feel
0: like it's it's getting you to be on the it's making you sympathetic towards the kid because you're able to see his misunderstanding? But
1: it sphere. wants to go the movie wants to go through the beats of Home Alone and that he gets left behind. Yeah. He's got a mom who wants to go back, but it's just this yeah. movie is shortcutting all of that. Yeah. It, no no other characters there's no other characters in the movie. There's a lot of funny pe- like comedians that pop up, but none of them are characters. They are just there like his dad has one line of dialogue, and it's Andy Daly, who's a comedian, you'd recognize him, and he has one line of dialogue and is not in the movie, and then it's just like, Oh well mom's at the airport and she's Going to go, but like even that is just so like second rate to the other story.
0: I think that's okay because I potentially one of the not problems, but I appreciate that it's not just doing what Home Alone did.
1: By but it, you but it know, is but Home Alone
0: was was like two movies, right? It was like a it was the kid and the burglars, and it was like a plane strains an automobile trying to get home. Well, and to an that's a
1: subplot, story. but yeah,
0: it was like. And so I don't need like, a
1: lot of that. I just.
0: You were asking for what Home Alone no. did. It's giving you the same. I'm saying themes, the movie, different.
1: the movie wants it both ways, and I, and my point is, that it doesn't, and and that's fine if you want it both ways. But there comes a point in the movie uh, when the burglary happens and there's a booby trap set where you suddenly no longer can have it both ways because when they start getting attacked and hurt, it's not it they you just feel terrible for them.
0: That's interesting to me. Though. It's not
1: the that's but it's wanting to be, okay. That's fine. It could be interesting, but yeah. the movie doesn't want you to think that. The movie wants you to laugh at the Pratt Falls. No, I don't think
0: it does. I think
1: it does. Well, think What's the point, then? No, it's I not think, a com- It's not a comedy?
0: I think it wants you to laugh at the Pratt Falls, but more in like a, Oh, fuck. This is not good. Like, like you, you get that the kids has this misunderstanding. You get that these uh, adults have this misunderstanding. So, I found it interesting. Do
1: you think could you have predicted that before we watched this movie that you would be the one defending it and I'm the one being like it's garbage
0: I was like do I have to watch this (laughs) that's what I'm saying maybe it's because I was expecting so little that I was like oh this is this is okay. I'm not going to argue that it's good, but I think you're being a little harsh. I think it's because bad. Because of your love of Home Alone. I think it's bad. You're being very biased in your uh, judgment. Here.
1: I liked a couple things about it. I think Ellie Kemper is trying really hard yeah, and it's funny. funny. Rob Delaney, I don't think he's very he's good, honestly. So I good. like him in things, but he's not great in this. Um,
0: he feels, yeah, like he's overacting quite. The
1: thing I would I thought I from the trailer that I was going to hate was that the only like legacy character that comes back is Buzz as a police officer and I actually rather like um, uh, his five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. um but yeah i didn't like pretty much anything else about it
0: i thought it was all fine
1: unnecessary weird i enjoyed
0: it i actually say i will say i enjoyed it i enjoyed when the kid was shooting these little nerf guns with like a thumbtacks in them god like stuck in emmy and uh, what's her name? Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper's uh, face and body, and our daughter screamed at the top of her lungs and hid under the her yeah. her blanket until it was over. And that's she not like, funny oh my though. God, I can't watch this anymore. That was funny.
1: I I also feel like it's not made with any kind of. Yeah. The, the the narrative never really builds up to that. It it does. It feels very, like, slapdash. It doesn't build to that. It just kind of gets there because it's that part of the movie. What do you mean? Well, it's... They get a key... The guy, okay, I don't want to go over the entire plot of this movie, but, like, he gets a key immediately. Like, And so the movie has to basically tread water for 45 minutes to get them to the point where they're going to break into the house. And it's just, like, that's... Like the simplicity of like and i don't want to reach i don't want them to just do the same movie and i'm not saying that but i'm saying like in the original home alone like they're burglars they rob houses and so that's enough to get that narrative moving whereas this one has to just keep chugging Sometimes and chugging true, and chugging
0: because this similar to the old home alone um they have a few false starts and the old yes. movie did that too
1: these movies false starts are, are not entertaining and not funny like that movies are i
0: don't know i thought the one where they were i thought they were I don't want to spoil the exciting movie, but I thought the fall starts with. I can't believe there you. were a couple like scenes in it that I was like, "This is dumb," but I kind of enjoyed it.
1: I think it's a bad movie, and I didn't like it.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it.
1: Okay, that's fine.
0: Like, do I want to watch it again? Probably not. But
1: it doesn't have like. Uh, it also has no Christmas vibe to it, like none. Like, it loses all of that. Even though, like, it shouldn't. It's set at Christmas. There are Christmas songs in it. It has none of that vibe. There's no warmth to it. And the part of it is, is like this reunion, the mom is kind of a, she's kind of shitty. The kid's kind of shitty. And then all of a sudden, we're supposed to expect that everybody's just happy with each other. And it it all reads false to me. There's no convincingness there. Also, that lady is no Catherine here.
0: She and a Catherine huh. O'Hara, and you're right, this does not hit on any, like, um, sincere emotional level at all. Whereas Home Alone, there's some scenes with him and the, the old guy, and him and his mom. No
1: pigeon lady, and, no old man equivalent here.
0: him by himself, where you do feel his loneliness, I felt it was very cheap. When, when you have to have a character just go, tell another character, like, I thought it was good, but now I'm feeling lonely, like... Oh, yeah, there's no narrative work. There, like, there's
1: no narrative work going in here. Yeah. Like the, those movies, at least are attempting to build. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's relying on your knowledge of how a Home Alone movie should work, rather yeah. than actually giving you the character work that you need to care care about this kid. Yeah. Like there's a reason why Macaulay Culkin became a superstar after Home Alone because you cared about what was going on to him, even though he was you know kind of being mouthy at the beginning of that movie.
0: Mm-hmm. I would agree
1: with um, that. I just I there's just no the, attempt here the for piece that.
0: I liked the most was like. The the burglars were like likable regular people yeah. going afoul. and that was uh, that's fine. To
1: me. I don't necessarily believe their turn, honestly. And two, like
0: it's not like a real turn. They're just trying to get their thing back.
1: I think it's hard when you have your kid who's supposed to be the lead, uh, you know, essentially supposed to be the lead when the when the main part of the movie, the part that everybody's gonna remember. That's hard when he's a supporting character for most of the movie, and then and is kind of like not great, and then we're supposed to expect that he he has no he doesn't change either there's no he doesn't go through any kind of arc not really he's kind of like even late in the movie when he's like look at this wall of toys i can take from the church like this is that's this kid this kid does not change it's
0: because he's not really the protagonist in the movie
1: but it wants it to be at some point there is a point where they want it to be
0: the protagonists are are the married couple what, why? Why? In their turn, they have that scene and that emotional scene where they finally realize what's happening, and then are like, "Oh my god!"
1: Don't you get a sense too that like the guys who wrote this, they're like, "We're gonna tell a story about class differences and how the middle class and the rich just differ and blah blah blah," and it just feels so watered down. They're like, why? Why are you doing that in Home Alone? Because Kevin and the McAllisters are rich in that first movie, but it's not about that. Like, it doesn't try to like make a statement on this this kid's wealth or whether they deserve to be robbed or anything like that this is like got this weird tinge of just like they've got everything they're fine they're not gonna they're gonna be in tokyo we can get into the house grab the thing no problem
0: that's never what they say yeah it is and i don't think that's that was a tone in the movie other than what you choose to read into it yourself i just think it's not a good movie okay (laughs) we can agree on that it's not a good movie (laughs) i just liked it a little more than you yeah okay well that's enough of that um another thing that you watched was No Time to Die, so the I, latest James Bond movie.
1: I watched the other ones I think I talked about on the previous episode, the last Daniel Craig ones, and so this got available to rent. I watched it. Um it's good. Okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's it's 2 hours and 45 minutes uh too long. I have an Rami uh Rami Malek allergy and he's the villain. Oh, so God, I'm gonna sour you right He's away. not I mean luckily like a lot of these movies the villain is not in that much he's of the, the movie. One with
0: the face that i
1: think is a weird face yeah oh yeah okay. and he's like scarred in this too so it's even oh, worse okay. uh yeah he's not see he's in like the first scene and then he's gone for an hour and a half so that's good um it's it's long um but i oh it's much it's a it's imp- big improvement on specter i like what it does in the ending and i think that that's controversial
0: okay
1: uh because of what because of what happens but i think that they pull that off pretty well uh, I don't think there's anything particularly memorable about the action or anything like that. Um, there's a great uh, Anna DeArmas comes in for like a one little scene. She's from like Knives Out. She was with Dave D'Anger Craig in that. She was the main uh, character basically in Knives Out, the mm-hmm. housekeeper who. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She comes in and she's like this other agent, right? And she's just. Um, it's it's great. Like it's a great just sequence between her and him, and they have the real chem. Like she he has a, a a romantic lead a long term in the movie. That's not her. She's only in this like fifteen minute stretch, but it's like the oh. best stretch. She's great, and you you want to see more of that. And cool. uh, but the rest of it, eh, it was good. I, didn't, I I think it's like the third best of the daniel craig movies
0: is there an adele song
1: in it no it's well, billy well, eilish does the uh wow. opening song is
0: it good
1: yeah it's a good song okay. it's not sky i mean skyfall is a banger you
0: can't beat that
1: but yeah i mean my rank of daniel craig goes uh skyfall casino royale no time to die specter quantum of solace but i don't like those last two very much specter is a little bit better on second uh, Spectre's a little bit better in your mind after watching No Time to Die because it does have a little connective tissue and tries to make use of all that movie. Like, Christoph Waltz comes back briefly to kind of put a bow on that a little bit better. So I think that stuff works better. So it kind of makes Spectre a little bit better because it, like, smooths out some of the problems there. But
0: It's really hard in my brain to keep these uh, James Bond movies and Minority Report and i know it's been over for a while
1: already report
0: i mean not minority report uh mission impossible oh yeah and uh born identity like in my mind all those movies scramble together and i cannot remember like which and where so it's just gonna say which one was the one where daniel craig's jumping in and out of like flights of, in a, in like an old building and it's really cool it's casino royale or is it a born identity movie
1: well, Casino Royale there's some parkourage yes, in that, that movie. So that's Casino Royale and that I, that movie probably has the best action of all of his. That's what's weird. I mean, I think the Mission Impossible movies unfortunately have kind of outshone the Bond movies in terms of like staging like n- unique action, things that are memorable. There's some competent action scenes, but there's no- nothing that ever like stands out, I would say, at least in the last few. So um but I don't think that's necessarily why you go. I think you you go for if you like Craig and you like that world and and all of that's good, I liked a lot of that. I liked that the, there's a there's like a new he's retired at the beginning and there's a person there's a a woman who's taken over his number for a little while and that's kind of a thing where he has to deal with the fact that 007 is just a number and I kind of like that little thread and mm-hmm. there's a lot to like. It's just that it is two two hours and forty five minutes. Mm. It still has Rami Malek in it. The you know.
0: <laughs> You're all. Awesome past all those things yeah so okay the other thing that you've been uh, spending a lot of your time on is playing a new uh, video game
1: yeah i've been playing jurassic world evolution 2 because that We're came out
0: so looking forward to this
1: yeah which is weird because it is essentially the same game as the evolution one which i have it's just like now you can build a dinosaur park in the pacific northwest or in the southwest uh-huh. or in uh san diego where the events of the lost world take place and you're just like "Ooh!" are
0: you to the point in the game where you get to start building your park in in the pacific northwest that you
1: wanna build? i'm doing that right now it's kind of obnoxious because you have to like unlock everything to go sandbox stuff and that's mm-hmm. frustrating because you have to go through and do all this other stuff
0: yeah, which is a
1: lot of links. researching yeah. and like putting up power like nobody the kids are wanting to watch me play it right mm-hmm. they're like well can you drive the jeep to go feed the dinosaurs like i don't have time for that i need to like fix this uh drink station and uh, fix the power and research the genomes and re- make sure my staff isn't going to sabotage the freaking park and it's just like no you don't get to do any of that fun stuff until you get all the other stuff unlocked so no i mean i've got like i mean i could just turn on drastic world evolution one i have everything unlocked over there but um there's the dinosaurs do more things in this one like they, have, they have they have more behaviors like they jump Well, they just, like, they interact with each other, and they, like, fight differently and better, and you can make them look a little different, so that's Mm -hmm. cool. And there's water dinosaurs now, which was not in the last game, so, yeah, I gotta get all that unlocked. That's a pain in the ass. It's fun, but it's a pain in the ass.
0: Nerd! Dinosaurs. All right, so today, here's what we've been watching,
1: Shang-Chi on Disney Disney Plus, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings.
0: Oh watch it red notice on netflix. netflix watch it if you like ryan reynolds and the rock uh, home sweet home alone watch it so you can complain about how great or wonderful it is and compare it to the old one it sucks if you have kids in the age of like i don't know even our kids 12
1: not one of those kids now maybe they're they've been swayed but not one of those kids would said that they liked it more than the other one so i'm just saying and it's got the newness to it and they well, still thought the other one
0: did you ask that question yeah i don't think so
1: they like the other one better.
0: And then No Time to Die, which is watchable somewhere.
1: Rent. You can rent it now. Rent. Yep.
0: And then uh, go play some Jurassic World. I mean, two or whatever you're doing. Jurassic
1: World Evolution two.
0: Okay. All right. So that wraps up what we've been watching. Let's move into the primetime movie, Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: This probably was a primetime movie on NBC for many a year during Thanksgiving. I would guess.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it was a big hit. This was a This was a smash hit. Okay. Film.
0: Before we talk about what we remember, we're gonna do some high stats first. Okay. Or do we? We usually do the other thing. I don't first. know. All right. Some high stats. Let's level set what we're talking about here. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire was released on November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. Classic. Uh,
1: Thanksgiving weekend. Year. Yeah.
0: It has a running time of one hundred and twenty minutes. Yeah, it's long. That is
1: long. It's doing a lot. I mean, it's it's a. Dom- this is what's weird. It's a domestic drama, and then like with Robin Williams hijinks slapped on top of it. So yeah. it's like there's a lot you have to get through.
0: Yeah. Okay. It had a budget of 25 million mm-hmm. and boxed an incredible 441 million worldwide. I assume.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's good. It made a lot of money. It is uh, based on a book, which I can talk about.
0: Yes, you can. Let's um, talk about some other high stats. Okay. It's based on a book. It is. Um. It is directed by Chris Columbus.
1: For uh, past episodes, you might remember him from uh, Home Alone. Uh-huh. And Home Alone 2. Uh-huh. And Harry Potter 1 and Harry Potter 2. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he made other movies. But that, I mean, we've talked a lot about Christopher Columbus movies.
0: Chris Columbus. Okay. Christopher Columbus. Okay. Um, it was written by... Um, yeah, so based up on the book Alias Madam Doubtfire by yep. Anne Fine. Yep. And then the screenplay um, was by Randy Singer and Leslie Dixon, and I think there's a story about that. Okay. And I think the story is basically, I, I think Randy had the first go at it. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, mean, I need to look at the names. But it said, they had the screenplay, and then... They wanted to make the ending where the characters get back together and get married. And the they ended up like heading towards that way. And then they're like, that sucks. So then they rehired the first uh, screenwriter that they had had either left because of their choices or was fired.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because like there's a we can talk about that. There's a scene at the end that kind of feels like a, there's parts of that scene that feels like it's from the happy ending draft a little bit and they just kind of let it linger and they kind of add another thing on there to kind of like make sure that you don't get confused essentially but um yeah yeah no that's interesting yeah
0: randy singer was the first writer left because they wanted her to change the ending so they got back together then after the studio and you know columbus read the new happier ending in leslie dixon's script, they right brought her back so I thought that was interesting. Um, this movie, as you know by now, stars Robin Williams. Yep. R.I.P. Sally Field,
1: mm-hmm. Pierce
0: Brosnan, uh, and the kids are Matthew Lawrence. Whoa,
1: not whoa, but you know, same same family.
0: Uh, Lisa Jacob, who plays the older sister. Yep. And Mara Wilson. I think
1: this is her first film, right? Yeah, her I, debut. Yeah, we've talked about her previously in an episode of Matilda. Yes. Yep.
0: It includes Polly Holiday, who um. People might recognize from
1: Liar Liar. Uh-huh. Yep. She is the plays a social worker here, played Jim Carrey's uh, assistant in that movie.
0: Yep, and there's a sprinkling of other characters.
1: Harvey firestein plays robin Williams's brother, um Robert Prosky is his boss down at the TV station. Um
0: yeah. Oh, i was actually Anne Haney plays Mrs. Selner from Liar Liar. Oh,
1: Anne Haney, I don't remember yeah. the name. I'm yeah. not sure who the
0: Polly Holiday character oh, is. Sorry. Who's Gloria? Who's Gloria?
1: Oh, I don't know. I wrote that down wrong. That's my bad
0: no i wasn't necessarily reading your notes
1: oh that's why well,
0: right. would i do that mrs Selner?
1: that's right what's her what's the actress's name uh
0: her name is anne haney
1: yeah so yeah she's from liar liar got it okay yep no i i think i did write that name down wrong but oh, sorry you,
0: did? you failed me tyler yeah
1: i was looking at the wrong thing well
0: both there are i was russian are on imdb are tiny and i old didn't ways. even look at
1: that and i was uh russian so
0: who's Gloria in the movie i need to know this gloria i don't get
1: it is that the grandma
0: oh yeah she's in like
1: book. one scene maybe
0: yeah maybe it's the grandma okay that's enough I facts for
1: now oh well, well i will say well we will get into the, the actually i can talk about the book but after what you remember that'll okay. help so
0: what do you remember that's where we sit down before we rewatch the movie and see what in the world we can remember yeah i hadn't seen this since childhood mm-hmm. i don't think so here's what i remember okay robin williams mm. r.a.p is a terrible husband to sally field so they are splitting up he has to move out find a new place to live find a new job so he decides to apply to be his ex's housekeeper which apparently also includes nanny duties yeah so i remember like being confused by that because she's like i'm hiring a housekeeper and chef and then i was <laughs> like "Housekeeper? since when does housekeeper include like cooking and taking care of children
1: and making food
0: i know <laughs> it's against. a lot Um, He does the full old lady transition with a realistic Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Transition? Or do you see, like, a transformation for the movie? He's not transitioning, is he? No, I don't mean,
0: like, in the official medical term. Got it. Um, Mask, dress, false teeth, breasts, and an old lady British accent. Yep. Um, He intrudes on his ex's new relationship with Pierce Brosnan. The older kid finds out. I can't remember how it ends, but I feel like this movie is likely problematic on several levels. Hmm.
1: Could be. So that's what I we could talk about that. All or right. Did you remember? This is what I remember. I said Robin Williams is a man child, and his wife Sally Field is sick of him. So they divorced, and Robin gets screwed in the custody battle, but it turns out the judge was right because he's a monster posing as an old woman who tries to murder Pierce Brosnan with allergies. I love seeing this as a kid and remember more than one theater experience because of that Robin Williams Aladdin heat. Also, Tobias tried this tactic on arrested development, and the family obviously knew, but they let him keep up the ruse anyway.
0: Yeah. Mrs. Bottom, what do you call her, I think it's Mrs.
1: Winterbottom, but I could be wrong. Okay,
0: so you mentioned that you read the novel?
1: Yeah, so like I said, this was like, I remember seeing this movie a couple different times in the theater, because it was like, my family, I think, it wasn't just me, we were like Robin William heads, right? Sure, yeah. Aladdin was big for me, so we were just like, yeah, Robin Williams is where we, you gotta see this, right. Reading, reading Robin Williams movie, right? Mm-hmm um and so i remember seeing it and really liking it obviously and then this was a period when i was just like reading a lot of um you know books and oddly it was like I, I, this could be wrong but i remember getting this book from like the scholastic book order mm-hmm. and thinking like oh this is gonna be sweet because i remember i would get some of these i would get like those adaptations you know it would be like the novelization of the movie and I think that's where this came from. And maybe not cuz I cuz when you read it my memory of the book is that it's not very kid friendly. Um, but what I do remember most about it is like getting it and it's a pretty thick book for like, you know, a kid to read in 1993. Not that. I mean it's pretty short for a book, but um, for it was a kid published
0: in 1987.
1: It's it's like not it's not the movie. <laughs> like it's not I mean it was very clear like oh, this is the book. That they made the movie like they adapted. Yeah,
0: there's no Robin Williams character. No, no, no. Like there's a character called Daniel, but he's not. It's like, not Robin Williams. Like Robin Williams. Right,
1: and so I was just like, well, this is a kind of a disappointing book because because it's not the same. I mean, I, when I'm eight years old and in 1993, I I just want the novelization.
0: I find it interesting that you read novelizations of movies because I can tell you how many of those I read growing up, a zero. Why I read a lot I of them. Read a novelization of a freaking movie. I've read? But then seen.
1: this was also around the time because like you got. I remember i saw jurassic park in 1993 and then i ended up reading that actual real see, novel that's
0: different. like i i can see reading a book but that's not a
1: very kid-friendly book either no, but i was so in love with jurassic park that i did it anyway yeah that makes um, more
0: sense to me what other novelizations do you remember reading just
1: like i mean yeah it because we were like we were that my mom was a teacher, and so we got discounts on that scholastic book order, baby. So we got like anything that was movie related. Cause I like getting those little pictures, you know, like the turtle ones uh, no, and the. Mm-mm. I loved it. Cause then if you, yeah, because you didn't, especially you could get it before like the movie was on video. So then if you want the story, you want to read Secret of the U's right now, you could read Secret of the U's. Uh, i just say
0: that was never an appeal to me.
1: Oh, I loved it
0: so weird like why do i want to read and it's funny because because you later grew up to be someone who doesn't read novels
1: i don't read a lot of novels you want to know another one that's kind of funny yes much later in my childhood as a teenager i remember when pearl harbor was coming out no and it they amazing. made a book before the movie came out, but it was a novelization, uh-huh. an adaptation, and it was meant, it was, they were trying to sell it to adults. Oh. It was, this was more like a, because that's the thing they used to do, like... i
0: all this up.
1: That's what this, like, once, remember when I was, I got that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book over the summer? Yeah. And it was a novelization. This was a the thing they did in the 70s and 80s a lot, because you wouldn't have the movie at home, like, Jaw, like, Jaws was a book first, obviously, uh-huh. but, but there was a lot of, like, novelizations of movies and people, and then sometimes they'd be a little bit different, and, uh... So, yeah, I remember getting the – because I was excited about Pearl Harbor coming out, mm-hmm. and I got the book, and I remember, like, reading it in my English class, and my English teacher being like, what are you reading? <laughs> and I was just like, it's Pearl Harbor. It's the movies coming out. And she's just like, that's not a – that can't be – like, because, you know, she knew that I liked – I was a good student, and she knew that I liked good good things, and she had given me a couple books that I really liked that she kind of specifically recommended to me that I enjoyed but um that's why she would make make basically make fun of me for this and then she asked me like is that any good and I was like no, but I think it's gonna like I it's not a good book but I feel like for judging from the plot it's gonna be a really good movie.
0: oh my God And then
1: guys. the movie came out and I was like, that is not a good movie then neither the novelization nor the movie is works Wow so no I re- I used to read a, little, a lot of those well, up through a little bit of high school
0: just to let you know I'm gonna get that for you for your for Christmas I can buy it used for three dollars what? pearl harbor and the movie moments
1: no i that's a different book
0: the movie and the moment
1: that's that's a different book that's a that's a picture book right. and you have gotten that for me before at the dollar store years ago as a joke gift okay
0: and then there's pearl harbor by randall wallace yeah who's the
1: screenwriter okay and so he was a screenwriter that ended up writing the novelization
0: too
1: i get you both of them no i have we that pearl harbor book is somewhere in this house because you got it as a joke gift to me <laughs> 15 years ago from the dollar store
0: god i'm awesome yeah can't believe you did that. Read that. What we channel. talk about? Yeah. Anyway,
1: the, the 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 Mrs. Delphire book is not a kid book, and it's not like the movie. So there you go.
0: Okay. Well, what do you want to start with?
1: Talking about. Oh, the other thing I wanted to point sure. out. Mm-hmm. This is a little. This is another little like a uh, story. I saw the movie a bunch. Mm-hmm. I at least a couple times, but I remember seeing it when it went. There was only one discount theater in our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was farther away mm-hmm. and it must've been in the spring. Cause the movies played a lot longer back in the day. Right. So I wanted to see it again and we'd get, um, uh, uh you know, like unlimited popcorn, my mom and I, right. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great. And so then I, my friend, Sean, mm-hmm. who has appeared on this show, mm-hmm. who's did like our signs episodes and stuff like that. He, I w he was going to go. And there was like an issue for a little while of like, this is like, this is a little bit of hearsay. So I will say that he might dispute this story, but I've told this to him and he doesn't remember it, but he remembers everything. That's what's weird. He doesn't remember this. So maybe I'm wrong. But like I remember it being a thing where like it we we had to like convince his parents to take him because one one it was PG-13, yep. but it wasn't not it wasn't so much that it was like the far, like part because like that movie's about divorce and we don't want him thinking about like divorce that way. I
0: remember you telling me this before yeah. and us having this conversation. But he
1: God. he ended up going, but he doesn't remember that. But I remember there being like an issue, like his parents were worried that he would go see this. We were I mean we were kids.
0: And fun story. His parents are not divorced, and yours are. So yeah. like what, what, is, what does that hey, say?
1: Hey, technically, my parents are not divorced. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, just separated for 10 years. More than that now. Awkward.
1: Uh-huh. How funny. So, yeah, I remember that. Um, so that was, yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. Saw it a few times in the theater.
0: How funny that parents would not want their kids to see a movie about parents getting divorced
1: well i don't know if it could be a thing where they just were a little bit more cautious my parents were just like uh go see any movie you know how
0: loosey goosey your parents and look at
1: that their marriage dissolved over it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think that there's this uh this desire as parents to protect your kids from potentially, like, considering, like, fearing fearing that their parents are going to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I know I've had that fear with our kids of, like, you don't want to, like, plant the seed that that's something they have to be worried about. But at that time, I feel like a lot of our friends, actually not a lot of my personal friends, but, like, acquaintances' parents were going through divorce. And I think this movie came out at a perfect time for a lot of us old millennials whose parents were getting divorced.
1: In a lot of respects, I think this movie is not the hit that it is if it's not confronting that more head on i feel like it is i think it touched on something a little bit and it wasn't just like robin williams heat i feel like the story was mm-hmm. something that seemed relevant and it was kind of a i mean there's been divorce stories before separation stories but not not pitched in a comedy form not kind of like you know it's a comedy but there's like it's giving you this other stuff under the undercurrent a little bit like you're not necessarily walking in for divorce drama but you're getting it. And mm-hmm. so I think that that kind of served as a, a cultural focal point in in some way. So
0: it is interesting watching it as an adult now versus as a child. Cause it's almost two movies for me. It's mm-hmm. almost watching it as a kid was very like, Oh, that mom's like a bitch and she's mean. And she's like against Robin Williams. And she's the villain in my mind as a child watching this and like Robin Williams is funny and he's great. And this is hilarious. And I love him. and, and now watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is like about a, two real people and a messy divorce, and and a desperate dad, and I see it, it's all. I'm seeing it from a very different perspective.
1: I remember, kid. I remember seeing the movie and not thinking like I wanted them to get back together. I was not mad at Sally Field. There are so I think that the, the, it does a good job for the most part. There is a scene. That I do not like of her that she's pitched way too harsh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it it's basically when they bring up the idea of him like t- taking care of them after school, and it's when she goes and visits her apart his apartment, and she's just overly she's been late she's already she's been late twice she's kind of being overly nasty to him, and then she's like no there's no way I'm gonna let you like watch them blah blah blah, and so that's the scene where she's pitched it's a, it feels different she doesn't feel like the same character, and I get that yeah. there's people that they're you know when you're in a divorce situation you're I think that those there are probably ebbs and flows of that right yes
0: where you're very critical and harsh versus understanding and empathetic
1: in fact like you know the movie marriage story that came out a couple years ago that movie has like extreme highs and lows when it comes to like Adam Driver and Scar going at each other right and so I think that's there it's just that in this movie it definitely feels like it's a point in the movie where and I get the the logical point of it the narrative aspect is like well we need to put Robin Williams in a position where he needs to be desperate to do something Mm -hmm. and so it's pitched a little bit so she's the bad guy and I think it's because like ultimately what robin williams does in this movie is kind of like terrible
0: <laughs> oh, it's psychotic. yeah but i do think the movie didn't do a great job with sally field's character and this is probably just due to like writing of women in the 80s and 90s because some of the ways it sets her up to be the villain is um in the beginning you're introduced that she's a, a working mom that's fine right but then she there's this like Now, we don't know it's Pierce Brosnan at the time, but like this, oh, this guy's coming into town and he wants to see just you. And she lights up like she is excited. It's the next
1: next of hers. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: then in the very next scene, not the very next scene, I think it, but you know come soon, she comes home to this party. Comes home, and then that's when she says. So it's like the timing of her like getting this news of like, oh, an ex who's interested in seeing me um, is coming into town, and I'm having this very frustrating experience. Now is when we're now is when we're going to call this divorce. Situation.
1: Yes, and I think that the movie is trying to make you be with Robin Williams yes. because you his first scene is that he's quitting a job where he's a voice actor, and the the animal that he's voicing is smoking a cigarette. And he like pretends to gag and is terrible and he gets, he essentially is told you to do it right or leave the job. So he quits. And so mm-hmm. you're pitching him as like this noble guy who loves children. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the very next thing he's trying to have a fun party and then he's kicked. So, I mean, you want to sympathize with him.
0: And from a kid's perspective, right. you're like, this dad is fucking cool. Yeah. He's coming home. There's, like, a petting zoo that he's... They're dancing on the table. There's friends. There's music. This is, like, a kid's dream of Mm -hmm. how they want their parent to be.
1: It's very intentional, but the movie does, like, part of his growth is a scene later when he's playing Mrs. Doubtfire. He sits down with her, and he hears all the reasons why she wanted to get divorced, and it's different, and it's, it's much more nuanced than that, and this was kind of, like, the last thread that kind of snapped kind of thing, and so... It, it's. I think it's kind of a smart screenplay because it yeah. it is. It wants you to be on his side, it does. and then it you know it, there comes a point where you you can't be at least a little bit. You know what I mean. It does. And then and like, unfortunately, there's there's. I mean, I think you can't be on his side. Like the fact that he gets his children taken away at the end is like absolutely justified.
0: Like, <laughs> So, whoever was writing this screenplay was writing it as an adult. And I think the perspective of a kid is so different because you don't, like, pick up on these, like, adult nuances of, like of the terrible things that he's doing you're just like well she's not letting him have custody but visitation once a week when she legit says that he's a good dad because he's a little bit of a slacker like that seems really unfair in the beginning it does yeah and she doesn't say shit she just lets that go like fine one day a week of visitation with my kids after 14 years of him being a good dad seems fair like that's where i'm like oh she's kind of terrible
1: but again, I think the movie wants you to do that so that you can feel justified can in him. liking him to be, to pose as a woman. Yeah,
0: to, there's only, yeah, to be justified to go to those. To
1: infiltrate your your old home, lie to your children, especially like the, what's considerable. I mean, even when the other older two kids find out, the whole point is like, don't tell your sister, she'll freak out. Because they, they're all aware that like this is emotionally damaging to have like someone who is not this person Turn into somebody trust. else
0: who's gaining your trust who's telling you things assuming
1: well yeah there's an truthful. easy r-rated version of this that he's a predator you know what i mean unless it's like his you know that's 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 the thing and that's what's tricky about this right and yeah. it's robin williams and it's funny and that's what makes it work as a movie but like if you think about it for five seconds you're just like oh god no this you should not see his children He is a psychopath like this is a psychotic behavior yeah um i mean really and then i mean i I kid as a kid i didn't pick up on that but as a kid i did know that like i doesn't he need to like go get in trouble for trying to poison pierce Brosnan at that restaurant
0: okay that's another scene where (laughs) Sally field is kind of a terrible is written kind of terribly okay she is more pissed i mean granted it's understandable right she is very upset with robin williams because it's the same scene she she discovers it's him but she doesn't give a shit about pierce Brosnan. she's just like fuck you, I'm freaking out, we gotta go. Well, he now saved like, him. Are you okay from being poisoned and almost joking?
1: He's then? not poisoned, he, he's he got, well, number one, I've always thought this was, I, I not as a kid I didn't know exactly what jambalaya is, but I kind of knew it was like a spicy dish. I was like, if you have an allergy to pepper, why the fuck are you ordering a jambalaya? Like, there's no way like, to not put, how put how pepper they, in that. How do
0: like it? make it without pepper? Because you know the jambalaya, they're cooking in a giant pot it's not like they can make you they're making you a tiny little fresh dish portion
1: yeah no and so he puts cayenne pepper on it which is hot i i think the the mistake is like making it say he's allergic i think that that if it, that line was gone mm-hmm. it's just like he doesn't like pepper it's too hot for him so then he gets cayenne pepper on it. Right? it's hot it's hot he's panicking he sucks because that's what happens he yeah. sucks the piece he in <laughs> He's not like having an allergic reaction. He sucks the piece of food in. Yeah. And so that would be like, that's an, that's an accidental consequence of doing a shitty thing to somebody. And that's why he saves him. And that's, and then, you know, he immediately tries to save him and the end does save him. And so, you know, he knows that that was a bad thing to do. And he, the line of like, oh my God, I killed the bastard is a pretty funny line. (laughs) Um, and he, and he, you know, he takes care of it. But like, I think that that with the fact that he heard allergy is just like, well, you're going to give him that. That's like attempted murder. Yeah. Like
0: premeditated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's where the line, it goes a little bit too far. But um yeah. So
0: but I think you know, yeah. they had to write Sally Fields' character in a way to justify his insane actions. I
1: want to jump to this now because we're already talking about it because the last scene which is the con- little bit not the it's not the last last scene, but it's a scene after everything's gone bad and he's lost his kids and mm-hmm. he has gotten a a show cuz th- through the course of the events at the restaurant he you know, inadvertently pitches the TV producer as like Mrs. Doubtfire is the new host of your TV program, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's fun for kids and educational and has Robin Williams like voices and stuff like that.
1: Which is weird that he likes the pitch, by the way, because like they're wanting to replace this old man with dinosaurs who's mm-hmm. also like an old man. It's like, why would you come in with a pitch of like, I'm an old woman? Who... I know. As soon as he said
0: <laughs> it, I was like, nobody wants to watch this old lady.
1: And when you see the finished product, you kind of see how it would be because he, you know, he's, she's not
0: She's calming, but also funny.
1: Yeah, and there's a puppet too.
0: And there's funny jokes, but right? It still has this like this uh, energy of being like calming, but not sleepy. So it's got a little Mister Rogers kind of feel to it, but more right. fun with some funny jokes.
1: But anyway, the scene I'm talking about is that she, you know, after they see that he's doing this, Hallie Fields sees that they're doing the show. She goes down to the TV station, and they have a kind of big talk. And what's weird is that. Um, it's a little bit weird because it's like this scene where he kind of lashes out. Actually, he's like, "He took my children away from me."
0: He has a very understandable reaction,
1: but also like, "Well, you kind of did it to yourself." Like,
0: well, because she's trying, she's saying something nice, and then he's just like, "Well, like, what the fuck." I don't know. I didn't feel like it was... Re- you thought it was, a, like, an unrealistic conversation? No,
1: I thought it was realistic. I just think that, like... This is where this movie has this, this tough time of just trying to make him... If it's anybody but Robin Williams, it's just, like, it doesn't work. because Because yeah. you're just like, why? You can't be mad. You were posing as a... Like, opposing as a whole other person and yeah, lying.
0: I think that somehow the screenplays does that scene in their earlier scene where you feel for both of them as they're just starting to bite at each other and snap at each other it's well it's and good then, at
1: it's actually really good performances by both of them yes. in both those and scenes
0: sally feels just like okay that's enough like i don't want to do this yeah i don't want to keep obviously you and i are never gonna fucking right go we're never gonna see yeah it. i
1: think it's a good scene and what i was gonna say is that what is a little weird is that there is a line in there Whereas, like, oh, we're we're like the divorce in in. It seems to me that the divorce is final. It's oh, been it's finalized. Been final, yeah. But they, there's this weird thing where she's kind of like, well, we're gonna work through it, or we're gonna do this, and like, we gotta get through this, or whatever. It just it it feels like a line left over from like, well, they're gonna try to reconcile a little bit. And I thought that was a weird pitch, like we're gonna still work on this relationship, and it's like that's yeah. not really what's going on. I
0: thought that as well, and then realized what she was trying to say it was like, we're gonna work through this, like we're going to figure out what our lives right this new normal of being divorced looks like but she didn't say that she said we're going to figure this out which in relationship terms means like you and i as a partnership are going to figure it
1: just out. feels like it's a leftover line because it i obviously the new ending is this scene where mrs doubtfire is reading a letter from a kid about their pit kids parents being divorced and it's actually a really nice thought it's well put together of just like families are different you know you know, people, there's one daddy, one mommy. This is before they were openly saying two daddies, yeah, two mommies, yeah. but whatever. That's fine. It's not a big deal breaker. But, um, you know, like that's the clearly the next thing that they added on to, like, make sure that people were not convinced that, like, they were going to get back together or something like that. Because he ends up being taking care of them in the afternoon anyway, right? So, um, yeah, anyway. I... Yeah,
0: it was awkward. It definitely felt ambiguous about where their relationship was yep. going to end. I thought it was really great how um, he comes to pick up the kids. She's yeah. surprising her kids with him picking them up, of basically saying like we're gonna, I'm gonna let your dad see you more often. And then there's a great scene where she goes, "Do you want to come in?" Uh-huh. And he's like, "Nope, I think I'll wait outside." Yeah. And you're like, "Okay, this relationship is over." Yeah, and that's a it, really good. And then moment. it moves into the like Mrs. Doubtfire explaining that like yeah. families look different and and maybe your parents will get together, but. Maybe they won't. And
1: that's okay. That That is the the key moment of that. I think that's a really smart piece of uh, moment. Is like, n- yeah, n- I, I n- think it's a really right good... It's, a really, it's oddly poignant, in a way, that even though it's not a happy ending, it's b- believable, realistic, you know? Yeah. It's clean, yeah. you know? Very yeah, very good. It's good. All right, so we hashed out all that. Now, this movie's so weird. I thought, <laughs> like, when... We were going to rewatch it. I was really worried about, like, the transphobic aspects. Yeah. And I will say that it is not It's not bad.
0: clear of that. It's not.
1: It's not. It's, not, it's there. Some it There's it. some of it there, but it's yeah. not that bad. It is mostly in the reaction of the boy, the Matthew Lawrence. Whoa. He sees him peeing, standing mm-hmm. up. And then, like, he's a she, she's a she, he. That's gross. That's where some of that. um Yep that's where it feels the worst because it's just like
0: and also yeah um at the end when the judge is giving his sentence of like your behavior is like deviant it's he could be just saying that because you've tricked people and you've gone into. well he's drama.
1: fooling your children i i kind of buy that it's harmful to your kid to to pretend you're not yourself and then yes, you're being somebody but, else
0: like, the word deviant tied to yeah transgender stuff is pretty triggering like that yeah yeah, yeah. You know, so that part too.
1: so i mean i think the saving grace of that is that there's there it's they're brief it is very much of its time um i don't think that there's harm intended it's mostly just like the, the kids freaking out and that's kind of where the easy joke is because that's for that kind of joke is very prominent in the 90s and stuff like that i mean ace ventura is like a year later with a whole climax set around this right um so i didn't think it was too bad and then i I think it, the movie is pretty clear about him not... They're not trying to say that he is... This is tr- tr- purely a way to fool them into spending time with his kids. Yeah,
0: it's and not so a it's not pitched, on transgender stuff at it's
1: all. It's not a pitched in that way, which I think is important for it to kind of endure without being really horribly outdated. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Now, the couple positives is that there are... You know, his brother is Harvey Firestein, who's, like, openly out, and he's... He does, you know, the, the does. He's a makeup artist, and so they, they, him and his partner are the ones who do that. He refers to them as like aunt, uncle, and aunt, which is a little weird, but um, otherwise treats them as, you know, not in a in a homophobic no way.
0: Commentary on that at all?
1: No, it's good, yeah. and so that I mean, that's there, and then um, you know. I had another thought about all this. Yeah,
0: thinking back to movies I saw in the '90s, I don't remember ha- se- having movies with a lot of like openly gay characters. Well, it's
1: not—it's—it's it's really not prevalent. I mean, the Robin Williams will do the Birdcage, which is another year later, mm-hmm. and that is a you know a big hit, which is great, and it—it it, it kind of opens that up a little bit more and makes it a little bit more. I mean, not common, but it was a good opportunity for that. So it was nice that that's not. An issue here, Mm -hmm. um, especially since we're, I mean, I I just thought this thing was going to be really indelicate. I know,
0: even when I wrote what I remembered, I was like, I'm sure this is fucking stupid. I mean, even
1: the bat, I just remember like, oh, he's going into the restaurant to change clothes and be up, and and, and people are going to see him, and it's all kind of just played for comedy and it's funny i mean and it would be funny you you're in a woman like you're in a men's room and all of a sudden you see an old woman walk out and you're like well that's a little weird what that you're a little bit surprised by that that's fine you know yeah. like and and so especially when you thought you saw a, a, a man go in mm-hmm. and to see them like a completely person completely different person come through um there's also that scene where he has like that bodysuit and he's like changing and he freaks out the kids um well
0: that bodysuit was is is chilling in a way because it's very... It's not like it has, like, visual... There's no, like, nipples on it or, like, pubic hair. Yeah. But it's definitely the shape of an old lady where he's got, like, saggy boobs yeah. and, like, this, like, saggy tummy. It's, like... Good. I think
1: it diffuses that, too, because the kids go, oh, sick. It will be kind of frightening. But then, like, they... When he drops the mask, they immediately start laughing at him a bunch, which yeah. I think is pretty good because yeah. then it's just back to, like, oh, this guy's a joke, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that that is... Um, you know, and here's the thing, like... We have a long there's a this is a long Hollywood history of like drag, you know, to, to you know, all the you know, white chicks, you know, like we've been doing this kind of thing for a while and I, I it now it is getting more out of fashion, but people, you know, still cross dress and and are, you know, drag queens and stuff like that. I I, I that's just that this movie's not doing any of that. And no. so I appreciate that it's not trying to make any commentary on that. It is only about him. This is the best way that he could fool them into thinking he's not him.
0: So he could get more time right. with his
1: kids. So it's not pitched in a, in a way that is har- like trying to be harmful. Yeah. I think that inadvertently it has a few trouble spots. Yes. But for 1993, not bad. Yes. Definitely holds up like more than, say, like what Ace Ventura does at the end. Yes. You know? So
0: um, A couple scenes I enjoyed was um, he gets on the bus after his shift. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, an old guy bus driver. Who basically casually hits on her the first time and
1: very subtly. Very too. subtly and yeah. then
0: very aggressively another time. And what I like about that is that you get to see like a man's experience of being a woman. And, and within no time at all. Yeah. He's sexualized, objectified, and hit on by some dude. Even though she's playing like an old lady. Like, yeah. Even at that age, like women are not safe from just being fucking preyed upon. Oh, she gets someone who's trying to steal her purse. He beats I mean,
1: her Yeah, he beats on him.
0: Yeah. I so I kind of appreciated that like uh
1: Yeah, he you know, he makes comments about um you know the heels and stuff like that, which is pretty easy. But I did like that scene with the the bus driver. To add a fairness, I did write another like old a joke that didn't fit. Was like he, when he calls to do, he changes the phone number on her ad, mm-hmm. so he's making all these fake calls to make it seem like all the people applicants are bad. And one of his voices is like, "Well, I don't work with the males because I used to be one," Ooh, and then she yeah. freaks out and hangs up. Um, I mean yeah. it's a funny voice, but that. So just out of fairness, like I'm not like trying to sugarcoat. Some obvious things that were going on in here that weren't great, but it's fairly subdued, which is what I was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Her name is Euphigenia.
0: He's he's very bad at making up names. Yeah.
1: You yeah he has to look at a a, a newspaper article to figure out doubt fire because it's like please like, doubt the fire was responsible for yeah. damage.
0: You think he would be better prepared?
1: Well yeah, he knew he was that he was gonna call and do the right voice at that time. Like have your story going. Yeah. But he's a riffer, you know, he riffs. That's he what he does. does. He yeah. riffs at the social worker, does a bunch of voices there. He yeah. riffs even when he's doing the costume. Clearly
0: he's got a little ADHD, not good at planning ahead.
1: One thing that I was questioning uh, was that when he does this makeover scene. Which I I remember just mm-hmm. thinking was so funny, even though even when I was a kid I didn't really understand the references. Mm-hmm. He does a few different looks, including um, Barbara Streisand, and she does he does "Rain on My Parade"
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, from Funny Girl, which is great, especially now because I've actually I knew the song, but I f- finally watched Funny mm-hmm. Girl like within the last year. Um, but then he also did like the Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make yep. Me a Match from Fiddler on the Roof with yep. the, and I love how they break into song yes. just in that moment. I, as you pointed out, I'm not sure if the character that he's playing is wholly appropriate. He's definitely doing a voice. It's very like pitched as like a okay. stereotypical Jewish yeah, I woman. Was like,
0: is this anti-Semitic? Yeah. Because it starts off with um, his brother handing him a prosthetic for a large nose. Yes. And right off the bat, there I'm like, well, I don't like where this is headed.
1: Yeah. Well, but Bar—I mean, Barbara Streisand's nose is a little larger, and he does that, and that's clearly Barbara. I was trying to think—is like, is this a character from *Fiddler on the Roof*? And I just don't remember. And I
0: think it is. I think it is. Okay. Mom.
1: I think it's just an intention to be an homage to. I think so too. A person, and a, yeah. a specific person, and not a people. If that makes sense.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is this is an interesting thing that we're talking about because. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about comedy and how especially Robin Williams was just like in a stand up and then in his performances. I mean, it's just rapid, rapid, rapid. I mean, he's a genius, just yes. a comedic genius. And he would do anything that came to his head. He did voices that came to your head. And like a lot of that stuff is not what a lot of comedians would do nowadays. And I don't even know if a comedian like that is like in that pitch or even like even how Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey for a while i don't know if this culture is we have that and we would even tolerate that now anymore you know what i mean, what mean? well i just don't think we it, it's not it's not in fashion as a comedy style i guess
0: to do impressions
1: rapid fire manic impressions tons of energy rolling around i mean once you know jim carrey goes more dramatic once robin williams kind of robin Williams never stopped doing this obviously um but he mixed a lot of dramatic roles in too um, Chris Farley dying like a lot. We don't. There's not in the current comedy scheme. We don't have a lot of these kinds of comedians.
0: Like amped up, right. High energy. And it's like
1: rapid fire. And you know, like the thing about Robin Williams, especially on like talk shows, he would be like, I remember just watching him on Letterman. It, like, fifty percent of the jokes are bad but he's just going and it's he's just it's just whatever him. comes out of his head and that's what this movie actually captures a lot of that and it's like the best it's like the most distilled version
0: mm-hmm.
1: cuz it's like making him a character that does that but it's like cutting out the stuff that doesn't work and that it Sometimes, was always in admi- my
0: but i felt like all the ones when he was doing it with the, sol- the social worker yeah. uh, did not all hit
1: well, that's the thing, but it was it was very much like that. That was very much Robin Williams. That was like a that was a late night appearance of yeah, Robin Williams because exactly. it would just go 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 go, and some of it wouldn't work. But you just win, you'd, you you you'd win you'd be won over anyway. Because yeah. it's just like, well, I mean, how how do you jump between those five things in that amount of time? You know, like how does your brain work? And it's just yeah. impressive in that regard. Um, so that's, I guess, my point is, is that especially when we talk about these trans issues and all that stuff with Dave Chappelle that happened. We're in this weird place where, uh, you know, I think some people think that, um, oh, well, comedy can't. We made a joke about cancel culture. Oh, com- comedy is supposed to. You should be able to say what you want. You're going to kill comedy by being appropriate. And I, I generally don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a way to grow as a culture and still be very funny and still talk about taboo things and still do edgy material when appropriate. But, like, I think there's a difference between saying, like, neither of us are saying that like mrs doubtfire is like we need to cancel this movie because like well there's a couple transphobic things in it there is it shouldn't be there if it was made now it wouldn't be there but like of its time it's there you have to accept it and it's the intense not bad and there's lots of other elements to it that's positive and funny and we can have these things and not cancel it and pretend like it doesn't exist. Yes, and you can. You're... It can be both. You yes. can have both elements. You can it, comedy doesn't have to get like safe. Like that's not that's not what yes. it is. Like, it,
0: and you can have conversations. Yeah. and say, oh man, we're you can't say that today, or that was totally not cool that he said that. Right, and you can have that commentary and still enjoy the movie. And, and
1: this is what I would say about the Dave Chappelle thing. I have not watched that special, and for me it's like well if he wants to do that special and it's funny to him and it's funny to his people or his, his fans um that's fine it's just like what you do after that and say like well okay this is what i did you know maybe i wouldn't do it again or maybe i know something now and they and i so i, I don't really have an opinion on that until i know what he does now i've seen what he said and i think some of that is a little disappointing but i'm not gonna i haven't watched the special so it's hard for me to say like well he was in the wrong but i'm just saying like you can do things. It's just like whether you whether you it evolves, whether you get to one point to the next, whether it's it's harmful. And I don't and in any way I don't think Mrs. Doubtfire is trying to be harmful. I just think it yeah. when it does that, it's going for an easy joke that's culturally at the time in 1993
0: easy. Yeah, and I don't think comedy should be this protective space where you're protected from being held accountable for being hateful or racist
1: well right and that's what i'm saying and i don't think, a think lot that of
0: people in comedy think they should that it's like free speech and you can't you can't criticize me no i can i can think you're not funny and i can choose not to listen to your knife and criticize you. you can say whatever the fuck you want yeah and i can not pay and fire you and never go to one of your. well shows. that's what
1: i think we, we bring this up and that like okay well there's a couple parts of mrs Doubtfire where we cringe and you're just like well i don't like you have to kind of explain because our kids watch the movie with us and we're like well that's not a great thought and we have to kind of like say like this is what this is what they said at the time this is not how we approach this now you know and what i what i think is a saving graces movie is that it's never about the fact that he's a woman he could it could be uh an old man caretaker and it would be the same movie essentially other than like his boobs starting on fire or like it's not the it's not the gender of what he's doing that's it's only a disguise Mm -hmm. essentially right Mm -hmm. so I think that that's how the movie kind of is able to endure away from its like potential trouble areas of being like a movie about a guy who's dressing up as a woman and fooling his kids. Mm -hmm. So um, we've talked a lot about a lot of serious topics here. I did want to like at least land and finish on the fact that even to this day, our kids, that's what's fascinating. Our kids didn't like laugh a bunch in this movie when they watched it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. But
1: I think a lot of that is they're not... Number one, they're not used to a comic energy like Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. They definitely don't understand the references that he's doing. No,
0: like when he's running through the different voices.
1: And I didn't either when I was younger.
0: I still don't know half of them.
1: Like, I wouldn't (laughs) know half of them, right? I mean, I knew a little bit because of Animaniacs and Tiny Two Adventures always, like, bring these voices in. You'd be like, who's that supposed to be? And you kind of figure this out. We're kind of away from that, too. Um, So they're not used to that kind of thing. But to me, like, what I think... um, this is a really great Robin Williams performance. Mm-hmm. he's He's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like pure energy. it's it's joyful, but it's also got this tinge of sadness. and you got a tinge of a guy who's very flawed. And I don't think the movie is necessarily letting him off the hook for being his bad behavior. Nope. Um, I mean, it, it does a little bit. I mean, it does a little bit at the end because he ends up with his kids, right? But, i mean it's pretty i mean it it, i it's a very nuanced this is what he was always really great at um because even early in his career he would mix in these dramatic movies and this is a movie where he's very funny but you also believe him as a person too even though he's doing this ridiculous thing
0: yes where some of the other actors of his time yeah let's say chris farley for example Mm -hmm. really really good at the high energy stuff and maybe don't always hit the the beats of like the the serious like personal yeah like robin will you can tell robin williams has a range of emotions and it can express them all very believably
1: yeah i think he he and and jim carrey are uh have proved well now robin williams is gone have they've you know they carved this thing where they could do uh, both these things I I keep holding out hope that Adam Sandler is there because he, every now and again he shows you a little bit of that mm-hmm. uncut gems punch drunk glove you know he he can do the thing about Adam Sandler is that it tends to be pitched in a version of an Adam Sandler comedic character mm-hmm. it's always like a version of that comedy character whereas Robin Williams was a real chameleon in a lot of things I mean he really could go um I mean, he played serial killers and, you know, he, he was all over the place. I mean, and I think Jim Carrey does that too. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a, a, a showcase of him as an actor and you can see why he was such a big hit and why he was such a big star in 93 and it's sad. It's just, that's the thing. I think mean, we talked about this with Jumanji a little bit and Aladdin. It's just that, like, you know, especially the way he died, um, you know, it's just that, how could someone with so much energy and, and, and passion and you just, you know, you hear about that. That's what makes it hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what makes it hard to kind of go back on his movies. I think a little bit, because you're just like, wow, that guy, he, what a genius number one. And just also like so much joy, but also, I mean, you get to see where the the darkness could be too. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, now as an adult, I've come to appreciate that people who are really strong, comedic actors can go super low and super serious. And you have to be able to get to that dark place. I think as an actor and a comedian to really hit the high points of comedy, mm-hmm. like because it's such like a tight balance between like tragedy and suffering and then like the comedic relief. Like he he can pull it off. And being a comedic actor, in my opinion, is way harder than playing a serious actor. Yeah, like people can play serious. It's but but being able to like hit those high notes.
1: I just feel like Mrs. Dow, I mean, uh, everything else aside, I mean, this is the movie that you probably, it's one of five that you point to of, like, that's Robin Williams' at his comedic best. And then there's other ones where he's, you know, you, you know—you look at Good Will Hunting, you look at, you know, lots of his other dramatic roles, and you could say that's where he was the best at that. But mm-hmm. this is, like, the pure, Beautiful. and it's that in the bird, because the birdcage was, like, a year after this. I mean, this is where he was just, like, on a streak, right? And so yeah i mean good morning vietnam obviously there's a lot i mean there's there's a lot of like but like, you know highlight points in that career but this, but this is when is i watched a lot this was a big uh, big hit we had the vhs uh yeah had the book read that book man
0: <laughs> um fun fact okay uh chris columbus used multiple cameras Mm-hmm. To capture him and had enough cuts of all his improvised scenes. Yeah. That he had had enough to give him the option of cutting a PG PG thirteen R or NC seventeen version of the. Film.
1: <laughs> sure, it's not you know it's mostly PG. There's some foul language, mm-hmm. um, and I think the divorce in ninety three. I think that was maybe a maybe one of the reasons why it got a PG thirteen maybe.
0: Maybe not though. He said he has an option of cutting. A some
1: PG-13. of the language was, yeah. um, you know, there I guess, but.
0: Not too much, Another thing that though. we didn't talk about was um, a couple things. I liked how one stipulation of the author when she greenlit them to do the screenplay was that they not write the kids as, like, obnoxious twerps.
1: They're not that, and I, I appreciate so that. They're almost on the brink of not being much of characters, I yeah, guess. they're,
0: like, kind of low-key.
1: They're low-key. I think it's it works well enough. Um, part of that is Mara Wilson, like, peak I mean, she they just, they found, like, a cute five-year-old, and they were yeah. just like, look at this cute kid. But she's and, not
0: doing cutesy things. No, but I mean, she just, just had that
1: face, kid. and that's yeah. how she ended up doing Matilda. That's how she got, like, the miracle on 34th Street. I mean, there's, you, there, I mean, it's very clear, like, the, yeah, yeah, it was a natural thing. And then the Lawrence kid, I mean, yeah, and the, this, yeah, they're both very low-key. Yeah. It's all, it's I a very quiet. Book. They watch, watch, like, old, they're watching old movies. Like, they're watching, like, it's such a weird, uh, they're, like, yeah, they're they're but I like they're that not. They
0: weren't like so overly dramatic and like total. Anyway, I thought they were believable as kids, and then I also liked how uh, they didn't portray this Pierce Brosnan character as a villain.
1: Which I think at the time was not was a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, I think that's very common now. Like these other new romantic, they're 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 usually if they're pitched poorly, it's really annoying now because yes. that's how big of a cliche it was. Yes. But in '93. I think it was not that, and you could see why he's very charming. You could see why he would hate him, blah blah blah. I think that even when he hears him bad mouth at the pool, he hears him bad mouth the Daniel. Mm-hmm. He's very positive about Sally Field and he's how much he loves the kids, mm-hmm. and he that's changed him. And he just says like, "Oh, the guy's a loser." And from his perspective, I think Yuzu said like, "Well, from what he's heard, he probably is a loser." Yeah, you know, like you just wait
0: till he finds out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so, like, just the fact that he, like, yeah, Chuck, I mean, that's a, a great known in, improv line, the, the, the... Drive by fruit. Yeah,
0: drive by it's fruiting. Drive by fruiting. It's a
1: run by fruiting, yeah. yeah, which is pretty amazing. But then, like, some of the other stuff that, like, some of the best scenes are, some of the funniest scenes in the movie are, well, I think the funniest scene in the movie, but other than that is... He's saying really horrible, inappropriate things to him as Mrs. Doubtfire oh, at yeah. the table. He says all this sex. Oh, he's, he's, got, he's got like a little
0: like oh, like you're gonna, you're gonna fuck her. Is what he's getting at. Yeah, but he says it's like, like is... you got a
1: power tool. She got a power tool in the bedroom, which I didn't understand at the time.
0: Oh no, and, uh, is, and that's why it's PG-13, by the way. Oh, probably. Kids so <laughs> were listening. I was like, I don't think you're. I don't think they're picking up on this. Yeah. Okay. Sure.
1: Amazing. An amazing riff of really horrible things to say to someone. <laughs> I, I
0: was. I was nervously watching our children.
1: That was a new appreciation point of just how funny that was. But then the thing that I always thought was funny as a kid and like the, what he does, like, first of all, his plan to go to this dinner is so stupid. Like, I mean, that's, it is a little annoying. To be fair to the movie. Like, it's just like you, you cancel, you you don't go as Mrs. Doubtfire. You're sick. There's a reason why you don't do this.
0: If you're not remembering what we're talking about, he has a meeting with the head of this network to pitch his show, yeah. and he's been invited to Sally Field's birthday dinner with Pierce Brosnan at the same restaurant at the same time. And
1: he gets pressured into going. It's like, no, bro, just say you're not going. You're an employee. You don't have to yeah. go. Number well, just two, say you are just say, then- don't show up
0: or even show up and then be like oh I don't feel good I gotta go no
1: but he goes back and forth and then like he's hard drinking with the TV producer and so which I never really like noticed before he's so drunk he
0: already failed at going back and forth in a previous scene yes with the social worker which is a very
1: funny scene too
0: which you've learned now by now Mrs. Doubtfire this doesn't work
1: yeah I would say the one with the social worker where he comes and she wants to come up to the apartment and he goes back and forth and he puts the cream on his face and he drops the the cream yeah
0: the dropping of the the cream into the cup. Was totally improvised. Yeah. Because the lights were so hot. They oh, it was melting. It just fucking happened. Yeah. And then Robin Williams and his brilliantness was like, whoops, now you get your sugar and your
1: cream. Oh, one leopard, two. Oh, there you go. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Th- that's a hilarious scene. And it is, that one's totally believable. Like, yes. what he going back and forth? I think the dinner scene's taking it too far. Yes. It's taking that comedic like, element like, too we, far. We already did this like, scene. it makes sense that she's popped in unannounced. So I get that. But, like, now you're, so that's great. So the dinner thing is doesn't work as much um and so he but the thing i forgot that he gets he's just hammered
0: he gets, hammered. He <laughs> wants, he gets chardonnay at the table with yeah. uh, sally field then he's getting double shots yeah of it's pretty wild with the, the old guy
1: oh my so God, he so i mean yeah but it it's a contrived sequence but like when he's so drunk and he like tries to sit down as mrs die fire and goes to the ground so funny and then <laughs> The teeth in this is what I always oh, thought as a kid was the funniest uh-huh. thing in the movie and it's still very funny. His fake teeth fall out in the line uh-huh. and it it's it, it that's hilarious in itself. Everybody's horrified. But I Pierce Brosnan who's trying to be nice to this woman <laughs> he's always trying to like help even though she's been horrible to him the way that they like are both getting their spoon in to like get it out it's like oh like a pincer like okay together let's go one two three let's pull them out like just the detail of them doing that is so funny so funny and it just feels like it's something that they kind of just like put together there oh god
0: apparently he improvised that line of uh carpet dentum seize the teeth oh I guess he quoted a lot of his other movies all the time in his like man
1: I don't even it, I just I don't think I've ever even heard that because I just find the, the visual of it so funny oh. that they're just trying to like pinch the, the oh, teeth yeah. out of that uh-huh. uh, just so funny like there's a lot of that in this movie. That's just really funny. And that's because of Robin Williams. And But I think Pierce Brosnan is very good in this. Like, as this straight, too. like, straight-laced guy. I'm slightly
0: horrified by her. And
1: like... you think he should be pissed. My, actually, another thing I really like is, like, uh, he says, sorry about the pepper, which is kind of dumb. He's like, don't say that. You did not know anything about what you did, right? Yeah. But, like, I do like the, the handshake that he, Pierce Brosnan gives him. Because he's like, well, you saved my life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a little bit of just acknowledgement of just, like, we're not going to have a fight. Like, it's just going to be, like, this thing where we're moving on our own. What a
0: bizarre place for Pierce Brosnan to be, though. Yeah.
1: He doesn't show. That's the last scene he's in. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, really he doesn't get a like mention. he doesn't recircle back in. Nope. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, but a terrible plan. That's why he ends up sitting down at the wrong table at one point, And why the thing falls off his mask. Well, the, his mask falls off because he's given the Heimlich, but... Yes, uh,
0: and, like, really getting in there to help him.
1: So yeah, while it does yield some, it's kind of like in Liar, we haven't done Liar, Liar, but like, you know how Liar, Liar, like this, I don't know, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. The ending of that movie is very funny, Mm -hmm. but it's just like very contrived. Like, it's just like, what are you, no, no, but because the power of Jim Carrey just doing what he does, it's still funny. So it's like when you have a certain performer, you can kind of ride that past the point of believability, I think sometimes. So
0: yeah. Overall. I was pleasantly surprised on the rewatch. I wasn't as horrified as I thought I would be. Well, I mean, and it's on
1: Disney Plus, though. Like, yep, clearly it it's not. Mean anything well, with Disney. Well, they don't put certain things on That's Disney. Tr- actually,
0: <laughs> right about that, um, it was like watching it differently as an adult. Mm-hmm. I actually appreciate it more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then talking about it makes me feel very nostalgic for all the funny scenes. So yeah. that feels very good. Um, the house in the movie that um is it's shot at like all of this was shot in san francisco
1: and you could tell It's yep. great we we're talking about red notice not not yeah. filming on location this movie is like all filmed on location and
0: even the internal inside scenes they did they went to a warehouse in san francisco and, and filmed it there um but good. she gives the address to mrs doubtfire 2640 oh Spare it's Street. the real address it is the real address people left house. a bunch of flowers there when robin williams passed
1: oh away. wow yeah the other thing is like it's you know as you might expect four hours of makeup uh oh, yeah. the the thing that is i i think is i think you must have known this as a kid but it makes sense when you hear it is like that's not one mask that he was able yeah. to peel on and off like right? that's for the joke right yeah. but it was like i guess six different parts that he had to like have applied very specifically so
0: yeah as um, a kid yeah i was like that can't that can't just be it's like mask. wow! It
1: looks really good. How does he just have that on his face? But uh I'm pretty certain as a
0: kid, I was dumb enough to be like, "That's a really good mask." Well,
1: that's what's so weird too, because <laughs> I mean, even it, that's what also stretches. It's like this idea that he's going to go in the dent during dinner, like going back and forth between the like that's he an hour of makeup. Doesn't work. Yeah, like that's so much makeup you're having to put on to make that a believable face. Like yeah, there's no the way hair,
0: where you have to in the taping of the and mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, so pretty funny, but yeah. Anyway, I love this movie, and I'm glad that I still love it after watching it again as an adult. Yeah. Any final thoughts?
1: No, I think we we talked about a lot of different stuff. So, yeah. All Went
0: right. all over the place. Thanks for listening. Go watch Mrs. Dowfire on Disney+. Plus.
1: I didn't have to b- bust out my DVD of it.
0: You did not. <laughs> and we will talk at you another movie. Oh. What was that? That was in Miss voice. Oh, dear. No, dear. Oh, dear.
1: Oh, dear. He says dear like a hundred and... I think 101. I, the count... hundred and one. 106, I thought, is what I saw, yeah, but...
0: Yeah, if you make that a drinking game, you're going to be dead. to be as hammers as Robin Williams at the end of the movie. Okay, Bye.